And that's another thing we talk about with sleep hygiene, to make sure you're entering into a relaxing place, maybe have some lavender, some nice scents that are calming. That ain't happening. <laughs> For you, it would be Jack. You know, there just you go. keep a bottle of Jack open. Oh, I love the aroma. That'll Little ditty in. about Jack without Diane. <laughs> Here we go again. It is episode 79 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. This morning we're calling it the birthday edition. Oh, that's oh. right. As we record, <laughs> happy 51st birthday to Courtney oh, Kelly. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it's already here. 51. You need some mental health therapy for that age. I can tell you that right now. So thank God you're a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, 51 and a half today, by the way. I am a longtime <laughs> mental health patient. And the whole point of this podcast is to get people aware of mental health issues, Mm -hmm. to eliminate the stigmas, and to get people on the right path and hopefully get them into therapy. And this topic, it's as if the universe dropped it in my lap earlier this week from the Today Show. It's all about something called revenge bedtime procrastination. And Mm. for people who don't know what that is, birthday girl, what is it? (laughs) Well, that is when you are avoiding bedtime and trying to do something maybe fun or something that you want to do for yourself. You know, you want a little control in your day. But what ends up happening is you underestimate how much time that's going to take away from your bedtime and you end up messing with your sleep and you are focusing on maybe for me, I know it's like I want to read before I go to bed. So I start really getting into it and I'm like, oh, just a little longer, just a little longer procrastinating that bedtime. But you're really messing with yourself because you're not sleeping enough. Not only are you messing with yourself, you could also be messing with a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. And I will give you an example from my personal life. I am a night owl who has a job that requires me to be up very early as Courtney and I host a morning show in Providence, Rhode Island. And I don't like getting up early, but Mm -hmm. I don't like going to bed early either. And I always talk about the Jerry Seinfeld bit about morning guy versus night guy. How night guy is always screwing morning guy and morning guy has no recourse. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Other than morning guy oversleeps and loses his job and then night guy has no money (laughs) to go out to anything at night. So what would end up happening is in the past, I wouldn't want to go to bed and I would do a lot of what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I'd be on my phone. I'd be up watching TV and I would pay for it the next morning. My wife at one point said, you know, I don't really like this because we're a married couple and we're never in the bed at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I said, you have a point. This isn't good for me. It really was affecting not only my mental health, but my physical health. So I made it a point during the week to make sure that I was getting to bed at a decent hour. But what I did was, on Friday, when the whole week was behind me, I decided I would reward myself. Now, I have some work that I do because of my OCD on Friday nights. We've covered that in the past. He does the bills on Friday <laughs> nights, The bills, folks. the laundry, I get the trash <laughs> together for the next day, all that kind of stuff. Then my wife stays up for a while. I edit this podcast on mm-hmm. Friday nights. But once that is done, she goes to bed, out comes the Jack Daniels, the Van Halen goes up on the speakers. Woo! Maybe I'm watching some YouTube or whatever, and I would stay up like a rock star until the wee hours of the morning to the extent that sometimes my wife would get up and I'd still be there, at which point I would usually go to bed and then (laughs) sleep very late. Yeah. Sometimes I would wake up hungover so I wouldn't feel like doing anything because it was like really the only night that I was drinking. And then on a Saturday night, I would go 
to bed really early because I was so tired. So my wife this very week had a talk with me and she said, you know, it's very difficult for the two of us to connect as a married couple because during the week we are all about our jobs. Mm -hmm. And then on the weekend, you're pulling this little party, this little procrastination (laughs) sleep party on Friday night. (laughs) Then it's destroying our Friday night and our Saturday and our Saturday night. So I said, you absolutely have a point there. And this is something, and I started actually last weekend because we had the four-day weekend Mm -hmm. and I didn't really need to stay up late because I had a couple of days to play with. I Mm -hmm. felt like finally I have some recreation. And that's really the problem, Courtney. Like all I do is work, work, work. You know me. So that was my me time. But now I do have to find a way because it's not just about me. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm trying to say about sleep procrastination. It isn't just about you. Mm -hmm. It can affect your job. It can affect a marriage. Mm -hmm. It can affect the time that you spend with friends or other family. You really need to get your act together when it comes to sleep. And never mind what sleep does for overall mental health. Right. And I just want to say, your wife wants you in her bed. That's a lovely thing, right? (laughs) That's a compliment to you. I don't know, though. I started going to bed earlier and she started going to bed later. I'm not so sure that's the case. She rolls right over. Nice to see you. Bye. Having an affair in the living room. He's sound asleep. Don't worry. Come over now. Gosh. But yes, this does, like you said, it affects relationships. It affects your job. It affects your mental health. This is one of the biggest things that I talk to clients about sleep. And as therapists, we talk about sleep hygiene, the things that we need to do to get proper rest. And a lot of times we have to think about this and I'll have clients. They're like, oh, my sleep schedule. I can't sleep very well. So I start talking to them about it and they'll say, oh, well, I'll go to bed at 10 one night. I go to bed at three another night, all of these things. And I know you can relate because like you said, you're a night owl, unfortunately doing a job that is the opposite of that. And you've always asked me too, how do you turn it back around? Especially when I do that Friday night thing. And the answer is I'm old and I'm tired all the time. (laughs) I don't know how you do it really, because that's the biggest thing is when you mess with your patterns, I know your body automatically defaults into that. (laughs) For me, I'd have to really push myself if I wanted to stay up late on a Friday night past nine o'clock. But (laughs) sometimes I've done it, Brian. You'd be Sometimes I get down on my knees and I say, thank God I'm a sloth. (laughs) But the thing of it is, it is really important to try to maintain a little bit of regularity with those patterns because once they're thrown off, sometimes you don't sleep well or the quality of your sleep is not as good. So sometimes with this, what they call it, the revenge bedtime procrastination. Yes, we definitely want to do certain things so that we can have control. Like you said, you want to do some recreation. You want to feel like, hey, it's my time to shine. But it does affect other things. And late at night too, especially for creative people, that solitude, no one is bothering me. I'm not getting calls. Mm -hmm. I'm not getting emails. I'm not getting nagged. (laughs) It'd be a time like if I wanted to write something, that would be the time to do it. And I've operated that way my entire life. Where it can get tricky is if you have a week off Mm -hmm. and you throw your sleep schedule off for an extended amount of time, Mm -hmm. it can be tough to turn that back around. I can do it like one night at a time. It's not a big deal. But there I would notice it. I've also noticed this year for the first time, the clock's falling back has affected me. Last oh, night, I went to bed fairly early, but I usually get up a little bit after four. When mm-hmm. 3.30 hit this morning, I could not get back to sleep, and I've been struggling with that ever since we've moved the clock. So that's how sensitive it yeah. can be sometimes. But I would say the worst thing in the history of mankind when it comes to sleep procrastination, the invention of the smartphone. Mm-hmm. And we talk about, two people that we know in 20s, it is an appendage. It is as if it is welded to their hands. Right. 
And the FOMO thing, Courtney, mm-hmm. at all hours of the night, I've got to see what's going on. I've got to see what this one is doing. I've got to remain relevant. I want to be an influencer on some level. Right. This is really hurting people more than it's helping them in a lot of well, ways. Well, they call it doom scrolling. You know, mm-hmm. you're scrolling and there's all this bad news and all these things that you get sucked into. So that is particularly important to really put some limits on that when you go to sleep. And that's another thing we talk about with sleep hygiene to make sure you're entering into a relaxing place, maybe have some lavender, some nice scents that are calming. That I know. <laughs> For you, it would be Jack. You know, there you just go. Keep a bottle of Jack open. Oh, I love the aroma. That'll Little ditty about Jack without dying. <laughs> so it's thinking about making your environment conducive to sleeping and to resting. But yes, definitely the phones, they're interrupting our sleep. And that's what I hear again from my clients when I'll say, okay, let's try to get you back on a sleep schedule. They are so enticed by, well, I got to watch this show on Netflix, or I got to see what's going on on Facebook, or I've got to check in with this person. That is what is keeping us too engaged, especially late at night when we're trying to sleep. I'm trying to be as anti-social media as possible, as anti-phone as possible as I get older. But here's where the problem comes in with the phone for me still. If there is a sports result Mm -hmm. that I'm obsessing about and I can't stay up late for it, I'm tossing and turning, wondering what's going on, and I know the answer is just a few feet away. If there is a presidential (laughs) election or an election that means something to me and the count is going late into the night, toss and turn, toss and turn, toss and turn, just knowing that it's there sometimes Mm -hmm. is enough to disrupt your sleep pattern. That's the problem. I mean, everything is on the phone and I have that problem too. At night, I like to read a little bit before I go to bed. It helps me to calm, makes me feel like I have part of my day is my own and it also helps me to fall asleep. But I struggle with that. I'm getting a new Kindle because my Kindle's not working very well. The problem is everything's on the phone. I do have Kindle on the phone too. But if I'm on the phone reading the book, I see notifications coming through. I see texts coming through. I see all of this stuff that I'm like, Ugh. I see emails coming through that I have to look at. I don't want to do that before I go to sleep. So I have to try to ignore it. But of course, that's when people want to start up conversations at like 830 at night. Oh, of course. You know, like, oh, it's the end of the day. I mean, day. normal people. So, yeah, normal people <laughs> who don't have to get up at the crackle. And so things start coming through. Oh, hey, questions about this, that and the other. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to just chill. And I can't <laughs> even imagine as a mental health therapist, mm-hmm. you not only have patients who may be checking in with you to see if you can help them. And I'm sure they don't have your phone number, which right. is a good thing. But I also know how it works. And look, my family has been guilty of this in the past. Mm-hmm. If we have something going on that needs to be addressed, be it with my wife, be it with right. the boy, be it with myself. Of course. Sometimes you're that kind of person where you're very welcoming when it comes yeah. to interaction, whereas I'm not, but yet people still bother me. I don't understand what's going on there. Well, it's funny because when things start coming through, I can sense that people want to get in conversations about things. I'll answer it and then I'll be like, all right, off to bed. And I'll put the face with the little Z. Somehow they're not saying that part. (laughs) Just so people know I'm not being rude. It's just that like I do have to go to sleep. The thing of it is, too, that is part of having some limits and some boundaries with that. Instead of feeling like you have to be engaged with everything that comes through, because, again, with those phones, you feel like you have to. I mean, I know you with the oh, with my OCD? You feel like you have to check in. If you could see my phone, Brian, you would pass out. I probably have a thousand notifications. I look at them, but I never clear them. <laughs> so I'm like... I'm but, the person who even like email-wise, the inbox is yeah. always empty. Even the spam wow. folder, it drives me crazy. And I know that that's not healthy. And that's Even why, the spam folder? Like I said, yeah. Well, when I it comes to my old school AOL account, oh. with work, I don't care. Yeah. But when it comes to my primary individual yeah. accounts, I don't like clutter. I want 
want junk out of my life on every level. I think I need the Brian Mulhern cleanup package. I think you could please come there over is to my a AOL. little something called a happy medium that the two of us need to work on, Courtney. I need you to fix that up for me. Here's one of life's cruel little jokes. We talk about sleep and how important it is for your mental health. But mm-hmm. Courtney, this I can tell you from experience. When I'm going through something traumatic from a depression perspective, mm-hmm. anxiety, for as much as I want sleep, it is the most difficult thing to achieve right. in the world, which only throws gasoline onto that fire mm-hmm. to the extent that when I've gone through some major incidents in my life, and look, we've talked about many of them, a friend having been murdered, losing my mom to COVID, a divorce, a miscarriage, mm-hmm. a job loss, the money that's going with those job losses, I've had to go and work with my therapist and my primary care physician to be put on Trazodone 50 milligrams mm-hmm. every night because without that, sleep ain't going to happen. And with that very active brain, that very OCD brain, as I always say, it can be used for good, but it can be used for evil. And if I am just ruminating on something over and over and over again and trying to problem solve it, and it even enters my subconscious and it's in my dreams and then I'm waking myself back up. Mm -hmm. Like I said, how ironic when you need sleep more than ever. And at times too, when you get really depressed, you don't feel like getting out of bed. The last thing you can get is sleep sometimes. Exactly. And with your brain, yeah, your brain just wants to do a good job figure things out, fix the problems, all of these things. But that's not so helpful in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when it starts to disrupt your functioning and you're not sleeping well and you're not able to function with what you need to do, then that is a problem. And so I think it's important for people to realize that boundary. If things are happening once in a while or you can do some behavioral things like we talk about that can help you, absolutely. And we actually, I just wanted to mention too, we have some tips at Wellness411 on that page Mm -hmm. on catcountry.com. There's some tips for better sleep and stress management that kind of thing. But definitely, if this is a chronic issue, talk to your doctor. There are other things you can do. You can take melatonin. That is something that as we get older, our body makes less of. So we're not getting as good of rest. So sometimes that's helpful for people, but definitely the medications can be helpful as well. And I will say, because a lot of people have asked me this question, I can't recommend Trazodone highly enough. And it is not a narcotic. It is Mm non-addictive. It is something where they're going to check your blood every six months to make sure that it's not doing anything to your system. But it is something that I'm able to go on for a period of time. I'm able to come off. And unlike some other things, I don't wake up with the grog. You know, Mm -hmm. if you take NyQuil at night and sure, it puts you to sleep, but you wake up, you're 10 times more tired than before you Mm -hmm. went to sleep. It doesn't have that effect. So if you are somebody right now who is struggling with something and can't sleep, ask your doctor about Trazodone. For me, it is one 50 milligram tablet a night and good night nurse. And it works really mm-hmm. fast, no matter how depressed or how manic I am mm-hmm. about whatever problem it is that is it's destroying my life. Yeah. For a lot of people, too, to understand that being on medication doesn't mean that you have to be on medication forever. Exactly. Sometimes it has to do with the stressors that are going on. If we have more stressors and we have less ways of kind of coping with it or less supports going on, or here's another example, too, people who are going through different changes in their life, like maybe perimenopause or menopause or different things like that, too. I might know a little something about that. <laughs> you Not for me personally, but there might be somebody in my life. I don't know. Uh, maybe so. It's very important to talk to your providers about that and not to be shy about that because sometimes we just need help during different times in our life and it doesn't mean we need it forever. But it is really important to look at this because sleep is so important. That is the thing. I notice it night and day with so many clients. If they can get the right rest, 
it's not the same for everybody. For some people, four hours, they're good to go. They're boop, boop, boop. They're all set. Other people need like nine hours. A lot of us fall between the seven and a half, eight hour kind of range, but it's different for everyone. Once you can get that good quality rest and you can really prioritize that in your life, oh my gosh, it can be amazing what people can cope with. Certain things that used to bother them and really work them up, they're like, oh, I can handle that. It's amazing what sleep can do. Oh, and the lack of sleep too, the number one yes. thing, it affects this mood. And for me, mm-hmm. look, I'm miserable even when I'm well rested. You take <laughs> sleep away from me. You yeah. do not want to be anywhere near me. And another thing that I really have to stress for people who are going through it from a depression perspective and who are having trouble sleeping, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trazodone, yes. Alcohol and drugs, right. no. no. Because there are a lot of people who will drink themselves into oblivion mm-hmm. because that will zonk them out. Well, first of all, not healthy for reasons I don't even need to explain. But second of all, too, alcohol acts as a depressant. Mm-hmm. And when you wake up, even though maybe you have been zonked out for many hours, even if you're not realizing it on a subconscious level, you're not doing your issues yes. any favor by self medicating in that way. That's another thing I talk a lot about because people will gravitate toward that. Okay, I'll have a drink or two and then before you know it, they're adding on more to try to deal with that. You need more. Especially if they have chronic pain issues and like you said with the sleep issues too. So that can be something that can be really dangerous for people to go down. And the thing with alcohol too, like you said, it is a depressant. It adds to your depression. It may help you go to sleep, but what it also does is it wakes you up too. Mm -hmm. So you're not having restful sleep. So there's a lot of issues with that as well. People might think, oh yeah, it'll just knock me out, but it really doesn't work in the greatest of ways. So there's a lot of issues that can be attached with that. So that's why I say talking to your doctor about other ways, especially if you notice that you're kind of increasing unhealthy ways to self-medicate. That's one of the red flags. To yeah, for. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And like we said, there are so many healthy solutions mm-hmm. that that's definitely something that you can address with your absolutely, doctor and absolutely. get done. And the other thing is too, especially if depression is keeping you up at night or anxiety mm-hmm. or whatever it is, never mind just talking about what medication can I get thrown on, this is where using therapy to work through your issues Mm -hmm. so they will eventually go away so it's not preoccupying you so much is absolutely valuable in terms of you being able to get back into that pattern that you need to get good sleep. And another gal I was just talking to recently, we were talking about her quality of sleep. She started doing meditation. Something I talk to my clients about, some clients are more open to it than others. Some people say, you're going to talk to me about that meditation stuff again. And I'm like, yes, I am, because it can be very helpful of calming and soothing yourself. And it actually, a lot of studies have shown that it rewires your brain. So if you have an anxious brain that's always going into fight or flight, it actually helps to slow things down. So you don't react as quickly and you can calm down. So a lot of times that can be helpful for mindfulness and for before going to sleep. And there's a lot of stuff that you can do as far as they have all sorts of apps and different things that you can put meditations on. But people have talked to me about that has been very helpful for their sleep. And for anybody who thinks that meditation isn't cool or it's not very rock and roll, you know who does it and swears by it Mm -hmm. is Howard Stern. And this is a guy who goes to therapy two, three times a week and Mm -hmm. he talks about how it's changed his life. And in the past, I know my brother has looked into it Mm -hmm. and he's looked to get some professional guidance and boy, oh boy, that can get very expensive. But as you said, there are so many resources now. Oh my gosh. Speaking of the phone that's already keeping you up. Right, (laughs) Jump on a call app. Fine, you can go down that rabbit hole if it's going to help you. But do 
it at one in the afternoon, okay? <laughs> exactly. But Headspace is a great app, and also Calm, that's a great app, too. And they have free versions, and you can also sign up for more of the heavy duty with all the bells and whistles. And I have people who do both. They swear by it. It really is something, I think it's a practice. Once you get into it, really can help you to feel better. Your moods are better. You're energized. I have one lady, she is like, my moods have gotten so much better since I've done meditation. She is all about it. And I'm so happy for her because like you said, there's a lot of resistance sometimes mm-hmm. to that. And I well, start people... There's so many stigmas attached to so many yeah, things. Yeah, so many things. And I start people off with, just do like a three minute one. Just Google, go on YouTube, three minute meditation. They'll just walk you through it. You're just breathing and that's all you're doing. Being aware of being present. And that's the issue. When you're depressed, you're thinking a lot about regrets of the past. When you are anxious, you're anticipating all these issues for the future. You're not staying present. There was a recent study, 47% of the time, we are not present, which means a lot of the stuff that we're doing, we're not actually present for. (laughs) We are acting automatically, or we are thinking of the past or the future, and we're not here and now. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to be here and now, because this is the only time we have any control over. This is where we can find our peace. It's not always peaceful in the present, but this is where we would find it if we could find it anywhere. So it's really important to do what you need to do to strengthen that peace and to not let your brain run off where it wants to go. And even if you are having a struggle in the present, the question then becomes, how can I make the best of whatever situation Mm -hmm. this is? And speaking of that, we were discussing sleep struggles. If in the moment, Courtney, even if you're not going through a mental health issue, Mm -hmm. let's just say you have one of those nights, it's insomnia time, and you're looking at the clock. If I fall asleep right now, I'm only going to get this, that, Mm -hmm. or the other amount of sleep, and you're driving yourself crazy. What kind of advice do you have for people who find themselves in that vortex? Is it better to get up and do something? Should you try to read? Mm -hmm. Should you go downstairs and watch TV? Should you try to suffer through it in bed and make it happen? Or is it different for everybody? Well, the thing is, I know I've read a lot about what sleep experts will say. They say, don't just stay in your bed if you're just kind of like staring at the ceiling. They say, yes, to get up and maybe read, change your atmosphere a little bit. For me, I know that happens to me now as I've gotten older. Sometimes I'll have these restless nights. And so I try to do some deep breathing and say a mantra like everything's okay, just relax. And I'll say that to myself and I'll try to do we call it like the four, seven, eight breathing where you breathe in for four, you hold maybe for like six or seven count and you breathe out for eight. What that does is it tries to reset so that you're more in your parasympathetic nervous system, you're calmer. Sometimes that can help to kind of bring you back into that relaxing place. For me also, what I tell my clients is don't pressure yourself to quote unquote have to sleep. Maybe it's rest. You can remind yourself, I'm laying here, I'm resting. This is also helpful to me to be relaxing instead of putting all the pressure on. I have to sleep. I have to sleep. Like you said, like looking at the clock. Oh my gosh, I only have this much time. And I have seen studies where they say the act of being in bed and Mm -hmm. just trying to relax, even if you can't sleep, that still has benefits Mm -hmm. to it. You still are gaining something from it. So don't be in this panic about, oh Mm -hmm. my God, I'm doing something right now that's completely detrimental to my health because it isn't necessarily. Another thing that I want to address about this too, which is nipping it in the bud to not make it a problem. There are a lot of things 
things they tell you not to do before you sleep. Don't exercise right before you go to bed. And believe you me, anytime somebody tells me don't exercise, <laughs> I'm all sake. over it. I'm on it. They also say, too, don't eat too close to your bedtime. Right. That when your body is working on digesting everything, mm-hmm. it can't focus on what it needs to do to shut down right. and focus on the slumber that you need. Exactly. So those are the kind of things, and you can Google sleep hygiene. There's a ton of things about keeping your bedroom at a nice temperature. You don't want to be too hot, too cold. Some people like to have the fan on in the background or a little white noise. That's another thing too, another app you can download or (laughs) you can buy a white noise machine. That can be helpful because what it does is that overactive brain gets to kind of click onto something and it's paying attention to something that's just kind of benign and it helps you to fall asleep. So it has like a little point of contact to kind of calm it. And take it from me because Courtney knows I'm all about this. Light elimination. See, now, when I worked overnights, I remember I took black towels and I nailed them up in the bedroom. And all I can think about is your bedroom is probably like that with like the really thick. Oh, we have crazy thick shades. (laughs) And my wife begs me like on the weekends. We were talking about this on the radio show. (laughs) Can I just please open this shade and pull this curtain back? It's so depressing in here. But light really does negatively impact your sleep. And this is where, too, the phones can be a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have the thing lit up all night so you can just check it for notifications or if it's flashing or whatever. Whoops, and now I just dropped mine on the ground. (laughs) Well, that's what they say, too, is if you can't keep your phone off, keep it somewhere where the lights are not going to keep giving you that stimulation. Mm -hmm. And also not using things with lots of lights. Dim it. Say if you are scrolling at night before you go to sleep, because all those bright lights can mess with us. Now, for some people, too, TV. I'll recommend that people don't have TV on, that they fall asleep, Mm -hmm. too. But some people, that's their habit, so they feel like they can't fall asleep without it. But I've also found that people might wake up, because if there's something on the TV that's distressing, it may wake them up and it gets incorporated Mm -hmm. into their sleep. And so that can be a problem. Figure out if there's things that you need to do to have some better limits setting on the sleep and better patterns. I think definitely with the phone, we could all use that. Limits with that, shutting it off. Because that's the other thing too, we get pulled into social media and what's going on and it's very stimulating. And also, we don't want to have these upsetting thoughts before we go to sleep too. Yeah, and the TV. You don't want an episode of Different Strokes entering your subconscious. Believe me, I speak from experience. Also, too, you know, the wife and I, we use a strobe light for our lovemaking. Make sure that's off. (laughs) And the disco ball. That can be very distracting. And the funhouse mirror. (laughs) That's what keeps me looking slim and trim. No wonder why she's looking for you. Where are you, Brian? I can't do this on my own. Stay up all night on Friday. I changed my mind. (laughs) Courtney, some very good advice, as always. I hope nobody nodded off in the middle of it. If people want to get in touch with you with questions about this or anything else, how can they do so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wellness at WCTK.com. You can shoot me an email. Also, like I said earlier, Wellness 411 page, which is on CatCountry.com. We have some resources there. We have some tips for better sleep. So you can check that out. And even though we've been discussing don't be on your phone at night, I want to give a shout out to Becky Goslin because last night, right before I went to bed, I got tagged in a Facebook post, Courtney, and you oh, got nice. tagged in it as yeah. well. And Becky <laughs> sent us this tile. I don't know where she was online, but it talked about how her most listened to podcast was coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian and she had listened to it 90-something times. We don't even have 90-something episodes. And this website encouraged her to contact the people who run the podcast because they consider the people who listen to it members of their family. And Becky told us this amazing story about 
how this podcast has influenced her, mm-hmm. has started her journey into therapy, and was just thanking us up and down, when in reality, all of the thanks are headed towards Becky. I said to her, this is maybe one of the favorite posts I've ever received in yeah. my life, because this has accomplished for Becky exactly what we set out for this podcast to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And that was so beautiful to hear from her. I'm so glad that she is getting a lot of value from this, and this is helping her on her own journey, too. But exactly, that is exactly why we do this. The rest of the posts I got were all trolls. <laughs> That's why I was tossing and turning. I sounded a little bit off this morning. But Becky, you absolutely made our night. And thank you yes. so much for saying what you said. And it makes us feel good. It yeah, helps our mental of health. Of course, of course. I was like, oh, that's awesome to hear from her. And for people who do want to reach out with us on socials at Cat Country Mornings on all the sites you can possibly think of, maybe not TikTok quite yet, but I guess we're getting there, right? Oh, yeah, I think we might. <laughs> we have individual pages, Courtney Kelly, EY, and Courtney with a C, Courtney Kelly Bedard, or as we like to call her today, the birthday girl, if you would like to wish her a happy birthday. I'm Brian Mulhern. That is Brian with an I-H-E-R-N. And then don't forget, people like Becky, tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can get it through your smart device. And hopefully, much like with Becky, start a very rewarding journey Mm -hmm. that is going to change your life in all of the best ways. Very rarely do you go on a journey with Brian Mulhern that ends well. (laughs) But sometimes the blind squirrel finds the acorn. Hey, Courtney. Yeah. You're not 80. We have episode 80 coming up. You're only 51. That's next week. How about that? A little bit of a milestone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So thank you for sticking with us through 79 episodes. We look forward to seeing you for episode 80, Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I want to 